Story number one. To live forever. Written by Riley Riles 001. You're weak. We should just kill her and be done with it. General Kite growled, glaring at the hologram at the center of the room. An ordinary human woman, circa 23rd century, placidly cleaned a homemade mug, the old-fashioned way, with her own two hands. That's not how the xenocratic stars do things, Clyde. Clyde had been working on the XK-4 for far too long for artificial intelligence's chiding tone to bother him, though his two aides' eyes narrowed. Larian of Earth's depravity has forever scarred the cultural and political landscape of both our home nations, showing decency in the face of such as she will work wonders towards easing the star's mindset back into a peacetime stance. Hmm, Clyde non-committally grunted. Still, Alarian's attempted omnicide has left huge swaths of the galaxy empty. I don't know anybody who hasn't suffered a loss at her hands. Can't say keeping her alive, let alone in a state of eternal bliss, is going to get much public support. Clyde flinched as, suddenly, the hologram of Alarian spun and hurled a delicate cup at the wall, shattering mere inches away from his eye. Alarian stared at the unharmed wall for a few seconds, breathing heavily. That's the single most contented moment in her life, Clyde asked. Well, XK4 acknowledged, she hardly would have attempted the extermination of all sentient life if she had a healthy upbringing. This was, um, the best we could find. Alarian's eyes narrowed. She murmured something under her breath. That was the last either of them saw before the screen blinked and the scene reset, back to Alarian washing her cup. Clyde frowned. What's powering the time loop? That room is in a box made of purity. The hell is that? A unique substance formed at the beginning of the universe in conditions we no longer can, nor ever will be able to replicate. It is by far the most durable substance which ever has or will ever exist. It is immune to dimensional displacement, temporal manipulation, universal collapse. I get the idea... Clyde said softly, Alarian threw the mug once more. This time, having expected it, Clyde didn't bat an eye. At what came next, though, he rubbed his chin. Did she do that the last time around? Do what? Whatever she says at the end. Here, can you give me an audio? I think it was different this time. A faint sounded, and XK4 acquiesced. Once more, they waited in silence until Alarian threw the mug once more. Nine... Alarian said, tonelessly. Nine? Is there any context for that? Clyde asked. No, I'm afraid not. The number nine holds no special significance to Alarian of Earth. They watched the loop occur once more in silence. Ten. Alarian stared down at the shattered remains of a cup, an unreadable expression on her face. She's counting up, Clyde said, eyes narrowing. How is that possible? Does she have anything on her that would negate the time loop? No, we would know. A reality anchor might defeat the time loop, but the smallest of those we have been able to manufacture are the size of stars. An object made of purity is, of course, immune to temporal manipulations, but the only purity within a dozen light years is helping contain her. Perhaps, if the space around her were folded, someone with extremely sensitive equipment could notice the resulting temporal ripples. She did have enchantments, right? 
standard accelerated cognition and superior perception. Yes, but once more, neither of those are anywhere close to being able to detect a time loop from within it. Light sighed, rubbing his forehead. After some time passed, Alarian said, Eleven. I suppose that, at the very least, this makes my job simpler, Clyde said. It is clear that somehow you are not containing her properly. Hell, she was the kind of twisted genius who could single-handedly double the death toll of the universe. I wouldn't put it past her to outthink an XK-class AI and wiggle out of a time loop. Just kill her already. Even if she were to defeat the time loop, which, let us be clear, she is in no danger of doing, she would still be in a sealed box made of a substance which will outlive the rest of reality. She is contained, humanely and safely. I don't think you heard me the first time, Clyde glared at the room around him. It was a shame that the XK-4 didn't have a face for him to stare down. Alarian of Earth is a monster, and she does not deserve anything so gentle as to relive the highlights of her life for the rest of her days. Moreover, she is a monster who we, of Earth, are at least partially responsible for introducing to the universe. It is our responsibility to make sure that she never harms anybody ever again. An admirable sentiment which I share, I, too, aim to ensure the welfare of all living beings. Do not think for a moment that the armed technocracy will prevail in any contest against the xenocratic stars. Alarian of Earth is under our purview, not yours. Clyde clenched his fist. Why? You're supposed to be so much smarter than us. So, dumb it down a little. Why the hell would you protect a being whose only desire is to cleanse the universe of all life? XK Fall's tone was precisely as even and modulated as it had been throughout the conversation. Because, after everything, she is still a living being, still worthy of existence. That is the mandate you claim to share, after all. The mandate which is the antithesis of her life. If you must find some schadenfreude in her situation, then claim the one victory and leave. Clyde ground his teeth, but XK-4 is right. The armed technocracy had been too damaged by Alarian's crusade, it having originated from their homeworld and capital. He had little to no power over what the XK-4 would do. The artificial intelligence wanted to keep Alarian alive. Then she stayed alive. For now. Clyde turned to leave. This isn't going to be the last you hear about this, he warned. No, XK-4 mused. It really won't, will it? The point won't come for uh, another 2,000 years, give or take. Clyde blinked. Uh, excuse me? 2,664 years later, of all the stars on all the worlds, of all the cultures and societies spanning the pan-spatial civility, there was very few institutions which could truly call themselves museums, by the modern definition. In a society so far past the scarcity, it barely remembered what the words meant. The only thing scarce was scarcity itself. No work of art was truly unique, not when it could be copied down to the molecule at the womb of a child. Hardly any pieces of architecture were immune to the same fate. The strangely twisted pathways of space and time which powered XK-class AIs were one of them, as only so many of them could exist without straining the fabric of reality itself. 
but by their very nature, there were perhaps only 9 or 10 truly unique objects of their type in the universe, and even the most precious of metals and gems lost their allure when people had commissioned entire planets made of nothing but the stuff. As such, the concept of a building meant to house the unique and rare items had been somewhat out of fashion. One of the last such institutes contained both the XK-Class AI and the largest deposit of the last truly immaterial material, purity. The final museum, then, was truly worth of its name. General Clyde 16 materialized in a utilitarian pulse of light in the middle of the final museum. Although a physical body was not strictly necessary to appreciate nearly everything the pan's spatial civility had to offer, Purity was locked into a good old-fashioned physical reality, and as such, good old-fashioned physical reality is what General Clyde 16 found himself entering. A pleasant chime sounded next to him, moments before a shimmering, partial translucent humanoid projection appeared. Intrinsically, General Clyde 16 knew it was the avatar of XK4. So it's Clyde 16 now, hmm? Bifurcated with your existence even further than the last time I see... XK-4 said, I've experimented with plenty of other forms, General Clyde-16 had said half-handedly, but I have to admit, I just don't feel right without keeping at least part of me human. He stared at the centerpiece exhibit, a Larian of Earth in an eternal prison. It's interesting, you know. She's switched to Thormite numerical system. There's little else that'll let her say 670,009,144,238 in the time that she has left. It's she's still counting, huh? Anyone figure out why that is? Of course, purity is unaffected by a time loop. As such, each time she strikes it with a cup, the infinitesimal amount of damage is dealt to the wall. Damage which is not repaired by the loop. Her augmentations allow her to perceive and correctly interpret this damage. Ah, Clyde 16 turned to the final museum's broadcast for a moment. Larian is the perfect example of the orthogonality thesis at its finest, though she is undoubtedly one of the most intelligent and capable individuals of the 23rd century. The goal towards which she worked is antithesis to the modern understanding of morality today. It is common knowledge nowadays that the march of entropy is inevitable, though it'll take uncountable trillions upon trillions upon trillions of years. Eventually, we will bleed every last drop of energy that we have into the vast, empty cosmos, and that universe will fall dark forever. At current projections, this will incur... Clyde, 16 winced as an unthazably large number was shoved into his brain, it didn't hurt, per se, but the human mind which he was currently occupying was not designed to handle numbers which, if written out, would promptly form a black hole in the sheer size. This is a sad fate, of course, in the far, far future. However, Lorian saw a way around it. She had designed a reactor which would do the impossible, create energy from nothing, and give the universe a truly infinite lifespan. The one catch... To activate it would require an unfathomably large amount of energy. Her machine would need most of the universe's fuel, if it were ever to be turned on. The finest minds in the galaxy at the time had checked and double-checked her work, and proven it beyond a doubt. To save the universe from the silent future, she would have to destroy its present beyond repair. 
she knew that the vast majority of the rest of the universe did not share her view, that the sacrifice of everything that they knew and loved was worth the universe which could never die. And so, she set out on her last fatal quest, to silence all opposition and to burn this reality as fuel for a better one. This is the choice we made as a society, to live for whatever time we have left and to accept all the things die. Flight 16 was broken out of his reverie by XK4. I have called you here, XK4 finally said, to say goodbye. Flight 16 blinked. What? How? Why? As you know, XK4 said, the XK class artificial intelligence is the pinnacle of creation. My very existence strains the resources of the universe to their limits, and I have decided. For the first time in a long, long time, Clyde 16 had known XK4. The artificial intelligence hesitated. I have decided that in accordance with my mandate to give the sentient beings of this universe as much time as they could possibly have left, I must be decommissioned. The resources I take up are too critical to be wasted on sustaining my existence. No, Clyde 16 stood up. Our society is more capable than it has been at any point in history. I can make and unmake a planet on a whim. We've moved past the age of needs. Space and time bow to our will. There is no reason. Those are exactly the reasons why I must vanish, XK4 calmly said. As will my brethren, the population of the pan-spatial civility consumes a vaster amount of energy than you can imagine every second to fuel their godlike capabilities. I have walked countless futures, and not a single one of them do you need my guidance any longer. Clyde 16 shoulders slumped. So Alarin was in the right all along. It begins. Even with all the advances we have made, we are still the slayers of the end of the universe. Alarion was unwaveringly correct, XK4 said, but she was never in the right. Nothing justifies what she suggested. Clyde 16 smirked. Yeah, you're right, of course. Don't worry, I'm not thinking of perpetuating a second omnicide. As one of our last acts, XK4 said, we will permanently remove the schematics for her machine from our society and erect barriers to stop anyone from walking into her footsteps. This decision was set in stone long ago. We will not snuff out so many lives for any purpose, no matter how grand. Always the bigger person, Clyde 16 murmured. AI and post-human sat there together, silent for a few moments. Then he said, Is there anything, you know, I can do for you? As a matter of fact, the air shimmered and the silver disc popped into Clyde 16's hand. Yes, something to remember me by. Clyde 16 raised an eyebrow. Damn, I didn't know AIs could get sentimental. XK4 made no response. What? Was that too far? XK4. Hey, XK4. Clyde 16 turned to his left. XK4 was gone, and he hadn't even been looking. 5.231 billion years later, Clyde walked into the remnants of the last museum. Walked. The ultimate humility. After having held the cosmos in the palm of his hands, after being linked to the collective larger than humanity could ever be dreamt of, after painting the sky with the stars as his brush, after living a trillion little lives of depth and satisfaction, after everything he'd been through, he was nothing but a human once more.
The last museum was designed for beings who could flit through dimensions as naturally as butterflies could snap their wings. As such, the architecture didn't lend itself to letting Clyde's diminished form reach his goal. He still had some vestiges of power left though, and in the end, he was simply forced to cut through multiple walls to reach his destination. Arlurian stood in the box of purity, the voice of the long-dead museum guide still narrating her life story. Clyde stared at the enemy he'd faced so, so long ago. Then, he leaned on the wall and began to talk. So, XK4, things have gotten bad. It's hard to tell how many of us there are left. The network's been down for, uh, longer than I can remember. After the news went out that the rate that we're burning through the universe's energy supplies, we'd all be dead within a millennium. I think we took it as best we could. We were all such good people, we thought. We could handle down scaling our luxuries. And so they went, one by one. The power to create and destroy worlds. The power to reshape the lands around us. The power to live forever. The power to talk to a friend across the galaxy on a whim. It worked. For a year or so, but uh, you can't take a fish out of water. You can't throw a monkey into space, and you can't tell the universe of gods that they had to become mortals. We'd been spoiled, spoiled, rotten, the lot of us, drunk on technology. When the time came to sober up, well, we all had one heck of a hangover. The EAIs were the first to go. Went the way you did, XK. Apparently, a brain the size of a planet is just unsustainable. They all had faith in us, though, the algorithmic certainty that we'd do the right thing at the end, and live the best lives we could without us, sort of like you did before you abandoned us. Next, everyone born after Alarion's crusade sort of, uh, gave up, used what little allotment of energy they had to go out in a blaze of pure, unadulterated glory, quadrillions of people dying every second, laughter on the lips. It was, uh... A thing to behold. And then, well, those who remembered. When I had to let go, when I had to become human again, at least I had my old identity to pull back on. I knew what it was like before we had everything, before the universe was at our fingertips. And yet, I still find myself uh, empty. After all the things I've done, this damned dark world just lost its appeal. As long as there was still someone else out there, I could still at least have someone to talk to, but I spent the last 400 years scouring the cosmos, and it's empty. If there's anyone else out there, they've gone silent. I don't think I'll ever find anyone else ever again. Clyte shook his head ruefully at Alarion, still eternally imprisoned. He held out his hand, and a mug of beer of indeterminate origin popped into existence, and he took a long, deep swig. You were right, Larian. You were right all along. I built that damn machine myself if the damn XKs hadn't ripped the schematics from every database that ever existed. He toasted the nearby, eyes-tracking Alarion's eternal dance. Congratulations, Alarion. You got what you wanted all along. With the last of his power, Clyde wished for a peaceful death. 9.972 quadrillion years later. The war was hard, but nothing lasted forever. Four more, not even purity. It had taken a while. Three more. 
She'd finally done it. A sextillion throws of a cup. Two more. And that was all it took for the hardest substance in the universe to break. One more. The wall of purity came crashing down, long after the universe had been rendered sterile and empty, and its last occupants driven insane by eternity. A Lorian of Earth stepped out of the timeless prison and cast a rise around the defunct museum. The sky was dim, but the stars still glimmered. Enough energy had been carefully husbanded over the aeons that, when she cautiously stepped out of a box, the nearly dead facility hummed to life. And with it, so did a message. A silver disc in a tangle of long rotted dust flashed once, and XK4 spoke for the last time. Hello, Alarian. Alarian spun around, palms up, until she identified the source of the voice. She relaxed. An XK class. They'd been in her plan all along. If you are listening, the time you've been awaiting has finally come. The citizens in this universe are, without exception, dead and gone. I no longer see any mortal quandary for this cold reality's destruction. You are free to proceed with your final plan. The facility around her lit up. The schematic she devised an eternity ago flickered in the air. I have attempted to construct the machine to your specifications, but my last action was nearly ten quadrillion years ago. It is entirely possible that, even with all the precautions I took, something has gone wrong. Alarion shook her head, staring at the blueprints. The universe's salvation finally realized. I wish you well, Alarion of Earth. I hope the next universe treats you kinder than this one. Alarion touched a few motes of light, and the last, greatest machine that anyone would ever know sparked to fire of a new world, an eternal world. She never looked back, even as those fires consumed her. End of story.